0: Friends, I'm so excited about today's episode. Today we're talking about how to find joy when you're feeling stressed and anxious. Now, I don't think it's any secret that there is so much happening in our world right now. There are heartbreaking things and scary things and heavy things happening in other people's lives and in our own lives. And on top of all of that, there are pressures that each of us face on a daily basis at work and at home. It's just a lot to carry. And it really doesn't help when we find ourselves scrolling through social media and seeing hundreds of people who seem to be doing all of it better than us. So where's the hope in all of this? How can we find a little bit more peace and a little bit more joy, even when life feels a lot a bit crazy? (laughs) And is that even possible? Well, today's guest is gonna help us with this. Our guest for today's episode is Raquel Stevens. Raquel is an author, producer, and host based in Los Angeles, California. You might recognize her from when she starred in the Apple documentary called Selena Gomez, My Mind and Me, and the HBO Max series, Selena Plus Chef. This year, she released a book called The Sunshine Mind, A Hundred Days to Finding the Hope and Joy You Want. I love that word sunshine because that's exactly what this conversation felt like to me. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how to embrace our own path, how to stop trying to measure up to everyone else, how to manage our stress and anxiety in practical ways, and how to experience lasting joy even when our life feels just crazy. Friends, I love this conversation feeling lighter and so encouraged, and I hope you feel the same way. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies, and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. That's BetterHelp, dot com slash friendship. All right, friends, I'm so excited for who you get to meet today. I'm sitting here with my new friend, uh, Raquel Stevens. And
1: um, Raquel, I'm so glad to meet you. I'm so glad to meet you. I've just been reading all about you and, and listening to what you're doing. And I, I just am thrilled to be here.
0: Um, tell For women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm an author, producer, and a host. And a fun fact about myself is that I was thinking about it, right? I'm like, what, what could I say? What's like a fun fact? And the other day, I was driving and I have this thing where if I'm in the zone with my music, whether it's my worship music or I'm just in a flow... I will drive past my house and keep driving because I'm just having such a good time in the car. And I do this all the time. And the other day I had this thought. I was like, this is kind of weird because I looked at the clock and I'm like, now 30 minutes has gone by. Like, I literally was driving home from dinner and I'm still continuing to drive because I'm just enjoying my music so much. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, I could just put the music on in the house, but I just love the feeling of like driving and blasting my music. So, I don't even know if it's really a fun fact. It's more like a fun quirk, but I do it all the time. I love (laughs) that. Are you a big car singer? Yes, I am. Same.
0: Same. You are? Okay, so me and you need to go for a drive. Seriously, like the carpool karaoke version of Girls' Night. I love this. This is juice and ideas. (laughs) This is a spinoff. This is a (laughs) spinoff. This is amazing. I'm very much (laughs) in. Um, Okay, so I want to hear... You wrote a book that came out in January, and it's called *The Sunshine Mind*, and it's a hundred days to finding hope and uh, finding the hope and joy you want. What inspired you to write this? Like, tell me the backstory behind this book.
1: Yeah. So my co-author, who was so bummed that she couldn't be here today, she's actually recording her show. Um, she's a morning show with Ryan Seacrest, and um, she called me, and she had been working on a book about dating, and she talks about it in our book, but the book didn't get picked up. And she was, you know, really discouraged. And then um, the woman who did the proposal for her, she called her, this was during the pandemic. And she said, you know, I really believe in you. Like, are there any other book ideas that you have? And she said, well, my devotional book has been helping me so much. So many people I know are really struggling right now. Um, I would love to do a devotional book, but I I don't really feel qualified to write scripture. Um, And she said, well, is there anyone in your life that you would want to partner with? And she said, my friend Raquel. So she called me. I immediately was like, I'm all in. Yes. And I had been having, you know, similar conversations with friends, just people feeling really anxious about the future. And, you know just kind of feeling the heaviness of of life and, and Tanya and I are both believers that we can always find hope and we can always find joy in the midst of hard times. And um, so that's how the idea came about. And I was so thrilled that Tanya asked me to be a part of it.
0: I love that. I the, It's so timely that we're talking about this today I I mean and I want to we're gonna dive into all kinds of things about like feeling like you're falling short in comparison because I know that that's something that every single one of us feels at, at different times and that it can be just like positively crippling. but I'm so grateful for your book especially today. I feel like as and this is gonna be true whenever this comes out but like when, as we're recording this it just feels like the world is so heavy. Yeah. Oh, it's so heavy. And so, um, I just am, I'm grateful for any bits of, of sunshine and any like arrows towards hope that because we just, need them. we just need them. And you're
1: doing that too with your work. So I, I'm, I'm so grateful and I meet people, you know, like you too, who are just, you know, out there doing the work and being kind and putting out messages of hope and joy. And I think that's what you know, we're all what we can do is what is in you know our our control, and and so that's I totally agree with what you're saying.
0: Mm. I want to hear a little bit more about your work, um, yeah. Because I know that you are you in LA now. I am. I've been in LA for 13 okay. years. I know that you did a really cool project that I've actually seen and loved. Um, with Selena Gomez. Uh, I don't know when that when that came out. Um, I saw it the like documentary? Six months ago. uh-huh, yeah, so tell me, like how did you what does it look like to be a producer and a host? How did you get started doing that work? Um, and then how did you end up in l a and doing projects like like the documentary with Selena?
1: Yeah, so my path was really unconventional. I grew up between Chicago and England. Um, My dad is British, so I went to all of elementary school in England. Then Chicago was 12 to 18, and then I was born in the U.S. Um, And when I was 18, I was in my first semester of college in Chicago, and I went through a breakup. And during that time, my family was moving here to um, L.A., and I was so sad about this breakup. So they were like, well, do you want to move with us or do you want to stay? I wasn't really loving my school. So I thought, you know what, I'll I'll move. And there was a woman at my church who was a news anchor for Fox News in Chicago. And I said, can I come and work for you for six months? I thought I wanted to be a journalist at the time. So I was like, let me just work for her and see if I wanna continue on that path when I get to LA. And I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. Every day we were covering different stories. We were going all over the city of Chicago. Just seeing so many things and I love the, I loved the adrenaline of it. I love the people part of it. And so I was like, okay, that's my path. I'll, she really encouraged me to move to LA as well. And I'm like, I'm going to continue to do that. So I moved to LA and I took community college courses. And then I was going to transfer to USC, um, continue on the journalism path. Now during that time, so imagine I'm like 19 when I get to LA. The whole news business was changing, right? Because, and it's still you still can go that traditional path, right? Where you get the four-year degree and then you move to a smaller market, eventually work your way up by, you know, 40, you have a job at a big network, hopefully, right? But it was changing where, you know, you could you could start a YouTube channel or you could put yourself out there on Instagram and then people get hired for ratings or they're hiring, you know, it, it just the whole business, business was changing. And so... I was continuing to take my courses and um, and then I was also working at an art showroom. I honestly worked a million jobs in my like late teens and early 20s just to kind of figure out where exactly my place was. And I spent a lot of time in prayer. So when I moved to LA, I did not know anybody outside of having family here. And it's an amazing city, but it's very lonely. And I think any city, when you're new, it's difficult to move, especially when you're you know i think when you're younger and you're in grade school element I it's a little easier to to maybe meet people but it's really tough as an adult so i prayed i was like god if this is where i'm meant to be make it clear i prayed that i would make the best friends i've made in my life or i'm moving back to chicago and i i put like a one year timeline on it right because i think it's important to try things but then you do have to give it some time i can't say like you know by next week i need to meet people like you have to give things some time and you know so i um I got involved in church and and started meeting people. And then that Christmas, my parents knew a couple. We went to their house for Christmas. I made friends with their son um, on Christmas Day. He at the time was living with a guy named Jason Kennedy, who was a host for E! News at the time. And um, he kind of included me in their friend group. They were starting a Bible study. And that's actually how I met Tanya, my co-author. And eventually through a mutual friend that was a part of that Bible study... I met Selena. And so that was now this New Year's Eve, it will be 11 years since we've been friends. So um, her and I became really close. Um, I worked for her in like a, n- a number of different positions, but to kind of save time, basically I worked a lot of different jobs. I worked freelance for doing like red carpet takeovers, with Snapchat and Teen Vogue and all these mm-hmm. different outlets. So I was kind of doing the journalism thing but not in the way that I wanted to. It was a little bit too like, I don't know, it just felt too superficial the way that I was doing it. So through working for Selena, as I was an assistant for a while through that role, I kind of learned the ropes of everything. And I realized that I wanted to give the rest of my life to working on projects that were going to make a difference and truly help people. Because what you learn through being in the entertainment industry long enough is that you're around people who have achieved the height of success. And unless you have a deep sense of purpose and you are living fully in that, then nothing means anything, right? And we live in a world that's so focused on the external where it's like, well, if I just get this, right? If I just like, you know make the most money possible or I become famous or something, then somehow my life is going to mean something. And it's just not true. There's a lot of inner work that has to be done to to find that inner purpose. So anyway, so I I figured that out um, and then shifted into working for Selena Project Base and then also working independently as a producer and a host. So... um, the way I was able to do that was I just built a lot of relationships over the years. And so I reached out to people. I wanted to host an interview series. So I started a series called Giving Back Generation, interviewing people on their life story and how they use their life to give back. The documentary was a long journey um, alongside Selena's team. We actually started recording for that in 2015. And um, and then it came out last year. So <laughs> documentaries oh are a very, gosh. very long process. So that was a on and off you know, as a, a seven-year journey. So, um, that is so I,
0: good to, that's so good to hear because I think that, I don't know, I, I think that so often we feel like someone has an idea for something and it, they make it or they, you know, yeah. like we hadn't heard of someone and then they made one thing and it was like, it just blew up. And it's like, no, no, no. Basically everything you see, every person you see,
1: doing something that you would like to do. They've been working on this thing for a long time. You're so right. There's And and I think a lot of people want overnight success or they want something to just happen, but there's a journey to it. There's a process to it. And you're so right. And um, something else that we've worked on together that just kind of came about during COVID um, is we have a cooking show together. Um, Selena and I called Selena and Chef. And we've... Filmed um now five seasons. So it was four seasons on HBO Max, now known as Max, and then our fifth season will be on Food Network coming out later this year. Okay. So,
0: okay. That's fun. That's so cool. <laughs> are you Thanks. are you a sh- like,
1: are you a good cook?
0: Is it, well, or the, is it that's like the you guys, funny guys are part learning of from the
1: show. We're learning from the top chefs all over the world. Okay. So we're that's okay. the f- funny part of the show is that we are not chefs. So I'm helping Selena cook and her, neither her or I are chefs. Although now we've done about 50 episodes. So now I, I we are definitely much better, but it's been hilarious. That is, I And it okay, makes don't people know, laugh, how... you know? So it's like, yeah. I think food, and again, to talk about like the times we're living in it, I think food is the great connector. Food makes people so happy. The show's funny. It makes people laugh. So I think it's something that's out there that's just like good, wholesome TV.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, seriously, I feel like I I have to pause for a second because Raquel, I feel like we are cut from the same cloth. First of all, my degree is in broadcast news. What? And so as you're talking, yes. So as you're talking, and like I was dead set on the journalism path. And so as you're talking about like moving to the middle of nowhere and by the time you like reach 40, hopefully you've made it to a place where you actually want to be. I'm like, I was ready for that path. Um, and really the reason I got off of it was because I felt, because I I met Jesus, I became a Christian and I was like, ooh, I, I didn't want to be telling stories as much as I wanted to be like part of them. And wow. there just was a big shift. It was, and it was right around um, the earthquake that happened in Haiti in 2010 was just super, I think it was, I think it was 2010, might've been um, 2009, but it was just super impactful for me. And I'm like, I want to be on the ground helping people. I want to, I want to be part yeah. of the story. Um, and so I ended up doing a like humanitarian trip that next year. So I wasn't in Haiti, but also like I didn't have any skills that were gonna help anyone in Haiti. So I definitely should not have been there. Um, well, but I did a, a humanitarian trip that led to a blog, that led to podcasts, that led to all of this stuff. But it's so, so cool because that's, it's like my degree like all the way wrapped around in the same way, like
1: same as you. And you're doing it. You essentially, you are doing journalism. You're interviewing, you have your blog. so it's like I feel the same way. it's it just took a different shape, but the heart is yes. still the same, and you're doing it. And that's so cool.
0: It's um, I also am a very dedicated foodie who's a really bad cook. So okay, um, so I you really... and I are
1: we're we're kindred souls. I, I'm going to be in Nashville soon, yes. so I'll message you when I'm there and we can have a little in person. Meetup.
0: up. <laughs> we're going to have to, we'll have to go try some food. We'll have to go. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we'll have to we'll go, go out like, to
1: eat. Pick we a
0: restaurant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even though you're probably really great. Um, okay. So t- tell me, Tell. I, I love hearing your career story. You know, one of the things that we're going to be talking about more on the show is just how we make big decisions about our lives. And, and so many of the things that you just shared are such... Big components to it. Of like, I love how you said, "I'm going to give LA a year," and Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray a really big prayer over this time, but I'm gonna give it some time. Like, I'm not gonna say, you know, I need my best friend dropped in my lap in a week." And and so, just that's just a really good um, strategy. I'm really glad you shared that.
1: Thank you. And something else that might be helpful too, as well, because it can be really confusing to find your path. It it took me honestly. It was actually like ten years of all of my 20s, I'm, I'm 31 now, I turn 32 next year. But I would say all of my 20s were tra- spent trying a lot of different things, keeping integrity, building trust with people. And honestly, in a two-year span of time, it was like I turned 30 and literally all the pieces came together of like a lot of stuff that I had been pushing for, trying for, but also living surrendered, not not like not enjoying my life because things hadn't happened yet but it was 10 years of groundwork and the last two years, everything has really taken off. So I think advice that I would give is that you have to live surrendered and then you have to say yes to yes to things and take the next right step and know that even if it doesn't work out, it is redirecting you into what what is meant to be. And it's also shaping your character to be able to handle success when you get there. And what I've learned and I've seen is that you can have someone so talented, but if something happens instantly, they lose it because the character that is developed in the process of getting to where you're meant to be is what sustains you. And I know that I, I heard people saying that growing up and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. It it doesn't make sense until you're living it, but I hope that I can communicate clear enough that that, like, that truly was my path. And I'm still so young, like I'm 31 and it, it was... It was a lot of years of of groundwork. and now i'm I've found my groove. And then challenges come with that, right? Because the more you have, the more you've achieved, the more responsibility you have, the more the less time you have. you know, so it's like actually everything is it's just new levels of of responsibility. Mm-hmm.
0: i love I love everything about that. Um, I feel like I've been living that a little bit, too. I've been doing this work for like, probably 12 years total if you really start from the beginning. But then I mean longer if you go back to, you know, getting my degree, but it just nothing happens fast or nothing has happened fast for me. And every, but every moment along the way, it's like, I know so much more now than I did five years ago. And so I'm able to do so much more now. And the only way to get from there to here was just a lot of hard work and a lot of Googling and a lot of making mistakes and it just it really is but it, but it all does build up it does add up and yeah um, even when it doesn't feel like you're making progress you are absolutely um i want to talk to you about i spent a little bit of time in la i haven't spent a ton of time but i from what i know it's a it's a hard place to like i feel like comparison if comparison has like a home base like maybe la would be it is that like, is that a false perception or is that like?
1: No, it's, it absolutely is an accurate perception because you're, I mean, obviously entertainment industry exists around the world, but LA is the hub of the entertainment industry and the entertainment industry. A lot of it is very superficial, right? So when things are superficial, you are naturally falling into comparison, right? Because you have the, some of the most beautiful people in the world by societal standards. You have endless acts to, you know, a lot of people, they'll look at a picture of someone and they'll be like, oh, I just want to look like that. And they don't know how much time and energy and money people have spent on looking a certain way or you have people that have achieved the top of the top. So you, you see them living a certain lifestyle. I... Yeah, it can be very easy to fall into comparison. And that's why having a strong inner life and really, really like seeing yourself as God sees you, it helps you to show up full and to know that no one else is you. So it doesn't matter. You could have someone in the exact like, for a film or something, going for the exact same role as you, the exact same job. No one is you. No one can bring what you can bring. So if something happens for you, it's because that was God's plan for it to happen to you. And if it doesn't, it was because it was for that other person to get that role. And you have to get to a place where you can celebrate them in that, where you can. um, And, and actually, I find the, the less that we compare and the more we cheer other people on, the more your life grows, the more it expands, the more that you are actually like, getting rid of that by getting rid of that feeling of comparison by celebrating people.
0: Yeah. I I love that. Do you, if someone's sitting here going, you know, because I know that comparison hits all of us at at different times. And so I want to kind of talk about different stages of it. Like if we're in a place where we haven't necessarily built up this strong inner life, we, we don't really like feel like we have a great sense on who we are and what value we bring to the table. Like, talk to us about how you've been able to find that in your life, that like strong center.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think that you have to acknowledge when the feelings come. And I think when those uncomfortable feelings come of like, I'm not good enough or I'm not this enough, pretty enough, that enough. I don't have what that person has. But I think that you can... um You have to acknowledge that feeling, right? And I think so often people numb. You feel that, you don't want to feel it. So it's like, let me just make that feeling go away. So I don't want to sit in it. I'm just going to call a friend or I'm going to do whatever you do to numb something. So I think it's accepting it. And then I think what's worked for me is um, prayer and worship. So I I go on a lot of walks or a lot of long drives, like I talked in the beginning, and I'll just Mm -hmm. have those conversations, God, where I'm like, I'm feeling this way. Help me to see myself the way that you see me and kind of allowing like that presence to heal and to, to come in. And and I always feel a sense of peace after. Sometimes you need to talk with a friend. I have a like one of my closest friends, Ashley Cook, like I'll call her and we can really talk things out. And I think that that's helpful, but like being selective with, you know, who you share those hard things with, I think that's helpful as well. So yeah, I think that there are a number of different things that that people can do but i think acknowledgement is key i think prayer and worship is key i think also sometimes you have to you know our minds are so powerful and what are the what are the thoughts that we're telling ourselves what are the thoughts that we're thinking so it's really important if they're not good to replace them with positive ones and replace them with the truth and if you can't even find that for yourself then maybe ask a friend or someone you love to tell to tell you the things that they see in you and then you can take that in if you can't do it yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I I feel like those things have been just so big for me also. And I, I like specifically how you said calling a friend because I think that, yeah, sometimes we get so caught up and so like twisted up in our own minds that, um and, and we do it by ourselves. Like when we're feeling yeah. small... We get small, and so we get quiet, and we don't tell people what's happening inside of our heads, and so then we have to try to fight it by ourselves. But it's like, it's it's big. It's hard to fight, and I feel like almost our resources are compromised. You know, the thing that the place where we're lost is what is supposed to be the thing that gets us unlost. Yeah, and that's really it's really hard. Like our brains are busy, and so calling in a friend and having, you know, one person or a couple of people who you've who really know you, who you can be really honest with about what's happening inside your minds, I feel like they're having an outside person to be like, okay, I like, let me find you in there. Yeah. Like I see the ugliness because you let me see it, which is so important. And like, now that I'm in there with you, let me like pull you out, you know? Yeah. I think
1: you're so right. Community is huge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like we talk about this so much, but it's because it's so real in our lives. But social media has added this whole new level of comparison and ability to look at other people's lives. How do you, like, have there been any things that you've found that have been helpful to keep you from, like, comparing your life to someone else's on social media?
1: Yeah, I think social media is a tough one because, and I like to always remind other people and myself too, that you are seeing a tiny glimpse of somebody's life. And if I can say it just from like, from a perspective of of being around a lot of people who who people look up to, who they follow, who they think they have the most perfect life. No one, it's just not true. Nobody in this life is exempt from pain and from hardships. And it looks different for different people. but everybody experiences pain. So I think it's knowing that when you're scrolling and you're seeing things, you're seeing a small glimpse of whatever someone is choosing to share with the world. And um, so I think that's an important reminder. And then I think it's different for everyone. I think that that if it is affecting you in a negative way, then it, it's important to take some space from it or to be selective also with who you're following. It's like following people that that, you know, friends that make you feel uplifted, that are sharing great things. Um, I think that's important. And I think it's specific to each person. But again, I think the comparison thing comes back to seeing the beauty in your own life and you, knowing that no one is you. No one could ever be you, even if they wanted to. Who you are is amazing. And you were created on this earth at this time for a reason, for a purpose. And you were not meant to be anybody else and no one's exempt from pain. So there's no one's life that you're seeing where they're, you know, like maybe whatever your perception is of them, they're going through stuff too and it's important to recognize and remember.
0: I love that's so helpful. Um talk to me about like well, let me tell you like where this question comes from and then I'd love to hear any insight you have into this, but I've had The you know every once in a while for social media or for my website or for a book coming out or something like that I do like a photo shoot, Um, and I don't do them honestly as often as I should. So I feel like my photos are kind (laughs) of old because it's it's stressful though. Same. Um, But when (laughs) I like when I do it, I know how much time I spend like getting everything exactly right. I know how we picked the backgrounds. I know how many outfit changes I did. I know how like what awkward position I was in to like get that photo exactly right. I know how I feel getting the photos back. Like I just know how much goes into this and I do it like occasionally. Um, And so when I see photos on social media, it's easier for me to like imagine what the behind the scenes looked like to get that image. And therefore I'm, I'm less likely to be like, oh, she really is just at coffee and just took a really cute, like, snapshot. <laughs> but even still, like, I, even though I know the behind the scenes, I still can be like, oh, well, that's what her... She's at coffee right now. Like, even though... Yeah. I know she probably scheduled that post a month ago, you know? And so yeah. I just want to know, like, are there any... For you being in the entertainment industry, can you give me, like, any other examples that can kind of, like, you see this photo, but what's actually happening is... This or like any funny stories or anything like that, just to like poke some holes in it.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I had the most amazing trip. This was part of our process filming for the documentary. Um, we had a wonderful trip to Kenya, um, where we just got to meet so many special people. And like anyone knows, when you're traveling overseas, sometimes you know there's certain precautions that you have to take. And I, I on this trip to Kenya, I went to take anti-malaria pills so that we like we didn't get sick. And I had a reaction to one of the pills. So we, we literally, we landed in customs and um, I fainted in the airport. We're literally at customs and I fainted and wow. I felt so sick and whatever, I get there. And then later, the, I was fine the whole week on the trip. The last day I got a crazy bacterial infection. I was extremely, extremely ill. So now people would look at my pictures from that trip, which I posted on my Instagram pictures from that trip. And it was wonderful and it was amazing. But something that I didn't share was that I fainted in the airport. <laughs> I fell flat on my head. i um I, well, actually, luckily, someone did catch me then, but um but still, it was scary. and i um and I got severely, severely ill. Um, so that's an example of of something where, you know, People just saw pictures, but that was something else that happened that was behind the scenes of, of the photos. Um So yeah, I mean, I could give you so many examples, but I think there's always something behind, behind any picture, you know, the, the documentary, right? That was a seven year journey of a lot of things that, you know, we, we shared 90 minutes of footage. There was a lot that went into that. A lot of years of friendship, a lot of years of, of um, so many things. So I think that like, yeah, there, that's one example for you. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> it was worth but it. But that's
0: That's such a good example. I feel like every photo there's something behind it. Just like we talked about earlier with like every success, there are years behind it. And that's true for everybody. And for every high point you see in people's lives, there's also low points and there are struggles. And I feel like the more we can imagine that when we see a person, um, you know, there are all the quotes about like every, you know, every person you meet is fighting an unseen uh, unseen battle or something like that. But it really is like, if we can, you know, look at someone Whenever we find ourselves kind of comparing our life to someone, being like, they're the stuff that they're going through, maybe harder than what I'm going through. I just can't, like, they just didn't take a picture of it,
1: <laughs> you know? It's so true. And I've always said, too, also that the truth about life, right? We live in a broken world. So there's always going to be someone that has it better. There's always going to be someone that has it worse. The key to living a uh, I think a peaceful, content life, I don't want to even use the word happy because I think happiness, it comes and goes. And it it's, you know, I think a content and peaceful life is to be grateful for what you have and know that your life was meant specifically for you. But that doesn't mean that, you know, that we're any more deserving of anything good that happens to us than anyone else. You know, there's so much in this life that actually does not make sense. And and we'll, we'll never make sense, you know, until it, eternity. So, so that's, I think, an important thing to remember as well, to just be really present in the moment, be really grateful, see everything as a gift, knowing that, you know, there really is, there really is, um, yeah, there's a lot that just does not make sense. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there is.